You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tajan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Hunting Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Johnson, and today we're going to be talking about products that aren't necessarily sexy, but actually have a huge impact in the tree stand, and that is hunting accessories like screw-in steps, screw-in bow hooks, bow ropes, products that nobody really talks about. They're often overlooked, but go and try hunting without them and tell me how you like it. And so that's what the conversation is today. We're going to be talking with the host of the How to Hunt Deer podcast and the Wisconsin Sportsman podcast. He was on last week as well, Josh Raley. Uh, Josh is an avid hunter as well. And so it's a really good conversation about products that aren't uh, aren't cool, but necessary. And so that's what the uh, the podcast is about today. Before we get into the episode, though, if you're looking for a saddle, Go check out Tethered. Uh, not only does Tethered have a, a very good selection of climbing sticks, platforms, saddles, saddles, uh, saddle accessories, but they also have a YouTube channel and on their website where you can actually go in and learn how to properly use all of that equipment that they sell. And so it just it, uh, they've not only dedicated to making a good product, but dedicated themselves to making... Um, the knowledge base available to make other people good at it as well. So uh, go check out Tethered. Next, it's a product that I use, I'm going to say, if not every day, for sure every other day, and that's HuntStand. HuntStand is a, uh, a hunting app, uh, a map-based hunting app that you can really dissect 
uh, a piece of property. You can do your e-scouting, whether it's next door or whether it's uh, 100, you know, 200, 300, 400, in some scenarios, like 900 miles away. Uh, you can pull up hunt stand and you can scout and you can check out the terrain features uh, it has really good satellite imagery which allows you to really zoom in you can even in some of the properties that i hunt you can even zoom in on the actual trail uh, that the deer uh, are using and so not only the the mapping aspect of it the the hunting strategy aspect of it but just the documentation and the journaling of everything that you see throughout the year uh, hunt stand has so much functionality so what i'm going to tell you to do is go to huntstand.com and check out all the functionality uh, check out uh, how how it was uh, designed why it's designed uh, how you can use it uh, again just like uh, tethered the uh, hunt stand has a lot of um, uh, information literature of videos on how to properly use their product and so uh, go check it out huntstand.com and then last but not least if you are the kind of guy who likes to film your hunts go check out the new Tacticam 6.0 version it has image stabilization it has an LCD screen and it's just a better version than everything that they uh, that they've put out in the past and so uh, what you have here is a company that keeps improving and keeps improving and keeps improving and so whether you're looking to mount it on a gun or whether you're looking to mount it on your bow uh, they have uh, even I think they even have stuff for fishing as well so uh, go check out Tacticam's website. These guys are putting out some really, really cool cameras that if you're into self-filming, why not? Or if you're into filming your kids, go get this. Uh, it's a it's a badass product. So uh, that's Tacticam. Go check their website out. And now I think we can just jump right into today's hunting accessory, important hunting accessory podcast with Josh Raley. Three two one all right welcome back to the hunting gear podcast and today we are joined once again by josh Rayleigh. josh my man how we doing what's up buddy doing pretty good coming off of a uh, long weekend of hunting in yeah. wisconsin and a productive weekend and man I, I, i'm feeling pretty good i'm sleep deprived i think i slept a total <laughs> of like 16 hours in four days and uh Dang. but but i'm all right man i'm doing good that, those are those are newborn baby hours, dude. It's been a long time, and I realize I'm too old for this. Like I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm too old for this at this point. Okay, so just to let everybody know, okay, Josh, you live in Georgia now, but you drove to Wisconsin to hunt. Were you on the road more hours in that that quick trip than you did spend hunting? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure, I was on the I was on the road a total of probably thirty hours. Man, that that's crazy. I've only had to do that a couple <laughs> times. I uh, back in the day, I think it was two thousand one. I was in college, so I was young and stupid, and, and you know didn't get tired back then. But from Iowa to Miami, Florida, we drove uh, for a football game, and so. We drove through the night. I believe it was like 19 hours or something like that, and uh, that was gnarly. But man, I can't, I can't really do that anymore unless I get good sleep the night before. 
And uh, especially after a, like you, you were probably hunting, so you were probably in zombie mode driving down the, the oh, interstate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I, I slept. So I, I slept for the night before I drove back home. I slept for three hours that night, got up at three in the morning, packed up my, my camper, my pop-up camper that I've got, drove an hour west to hunt in Blue Mounds, Wisconsin, and then drove all the way back home as soon as I was done hunting that day. Made it back home around 6.30 that morning. So you were pulling something too, so it wasn't like you were you could haul ass down the interstate, right? No, dude, it's a, it's a smooth 70, 75 all the way. I mean, I, I couldn't, oh, okay. get a, couldn't get a lot of movement. Man, I'll tell you this. Uh, uh, when I went to Nebraska this year, I had an east wind going out and a west wind coming back, and it was money. Man, I was like <laughs> setting the cruise on 85, and I was just... <laughs> and I, I hardly used any gas and it was awesome. So nice. I got lucky there, but now when, probably when I head to South Dakota, uh, next week, I'll be, uh, I'll be like 25 mile an hour head on winds and I'm going to go through gas like, like nothing. <laughs> yeah, man, you, you need to, you need to try the, uh, drive through the night thing. It was, uh, it was an eye opening experience to do it twice over a weekend. A long yeah. weekend, and uh, yeah, man, give it a shot. See how you do. No, dude, I don't like that. I don't. <laughs> that, that's like saying, "Hey, dude, you know, stab yourself with a knife." No, nobody wants to do that. Hey, you should try that too, man. <laughs> While you're at it, just just give it a shot. See what happens. All right. Um, so the last time we talked, right? We talked about uh, e-bikes. We talked about, I think, cell cams, uh, other type of, I think, technology type products, and. While we were recording, like right before this, me and you recorded a, a How to Hunt Deer podcast. And here's the, uh, let's see here. I got a, I bought an e-bike today. Or Whoa. it was in the, yeah, today. Bought an e-bike. We talked about it. And it just hyped me up enough to go and get one. Uh, I'll be able to use it doing so many things, but obviously for hunting. And so there's a potential it actually ships out today. So Dude. I might have it, I might have it by Monday or something of next week, right before I leave for South Dakota, which is going to open up so many doors for me. And I'm, I'm pretty excited about that, man. That's awesome. Did you now I've got to know, did you sell the e-bike as like, hun, can you imagine how often we'll use this e-bike? Like, won't this be great <laughs> to haul the kids around and do all that fun stuff? Or was this just a straight up hunting tool? This is, uh, <laughs> there wasn't really a conversation with my wife about it. Ah. I, I, I told her I was looking at one and she's like, oh, okay. Didn't really ask too much questions about it. The best thing about what I get to do is this is a write-off. So it yes, is, sir. it's, uh, I, I get to write it off. I get to take advantage of the uh, the tax system because I'm using it for my job uh, here, you know, to to uh, uh, for the podcast and whatnot. And so I even this is going to sound like I'm lucky, right? I got I, I have a lot of contacts in the hunting industry throughout the years, so I got a really good discount on uh, on the e-bike because I knew one of the guys and so uh, he helped me out with a good discount it made it much more affordable and uh, much easier to pull the trigger on than if it was full retail price yeah so when are you getting the fleet for the sportsman's empire yeah that's, good. that's great that's a great question 
That's a great question. Uh, <laughs> let's just say it. Let's just say I'm working on it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. We'll we will wait patiently, and I'll only text you like once a month or so until it gets here. Yeah. Yeah. So the uh, the empire. I tell you what. Let's just start off with. Uh, so uh, more full disclosure type stuff. Uh, one of the network partners is Outdoor Edge, and so. Uh, they gave me a whole bunch of knife kits. And so like anything from gutting to caping to uh, butchering the deer meat. Uh, So my goal is I've been slacking, but that we're going to start off with that first. I got like 13 or uh, 16 of them or something like that. And so including yourself, I know you'd probably rather have an e-bike, but I think a knife set, a knife set's gonna have to do for right now. Hey, I'll I'll take it, man. I I love I love Outdoor Edge. It's it's yeah. I, I use their one of their replaceable blade knives, and yeah. uh, man, that thing is fantastic. And the only thing that that I've run into with it is I have to uh, buy a new one every year because I lose it every year. And the, <laughs> the the best way to find my old knives I've found is to buy a new one, and then they all just show up. Exactly. So exactly. That's me. That's like me with uh, sunglasses. And so I, I, I bought, this was like two years ago. I bought a, a, a fairly high end pair of sunglasses. And so I set them down on the end table next to the couch. My, two, uh, my youngest son, two years old at the time, grabs them and just banana peeled them and <laughs> broke them right in half. And I said to myself, that is the last time I ever buy an expensive pair of sunglasses. And now all of them are, are $5 gas station, uh, uh, you know, sunglasses. And so that's what I have. And, and, uh, so in something similar to that, uh, I'm, I'm just happy that uh, he's old enough and he's out of the complete destruction age. Oh man! Well, my kids are older and than that, and they are not out of that stage yet. So I'm, <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> right, right. All right. So uh, I want to. We're going to have. It, it's for the most part going to be another BS session about gear today. But I kind of want to talk about accessories. Right. Um, you brought up a, a good point. So at the end, we may touch on knives, but I want to talk about all of the accessories that we kind of use, um, not necessarily on our bow hunting equipment or on our guns and, and things like that. Like I don't, I'm, I'm talking about the basics. I'm talking about rope, like rope for pulling up your bow or gun. I want to talk about uh, maybe tape. Do you use some kind of silencing tape or do you use uh, like what kind of screw in uh, hooks you use uh, while you're in the tree stand, things like that. So I'm going to kick, I'm going to kick the the first question off your way and I'll answer as well. And, and um, just from a, from a high level, what's your take? How do you use how, like what kind of bow hunting, hunting accessories do you use throughout the year? Yeah, man, there was a time when, like, I put zero thought into those Mm -hmm. smaller accessories. Same. As I transitioned, uh, you know, one, into almost exclusively hunting public land, all of a sudden gear becomes a lot more important, right? Because what I can do to a tree is is very limited. Um, I also, though, made the transition into saddle hunting. And what that has caused is... Uh, 
this thing in me where I'm like, man, I've got to use the best equipment and I need to be uh, super dialed in to be as light as possible and to be as uh, functional as possible. So with putting more intentionality, uh, I can no longer just run to Walmart and grab whatever accessories they had on the shelf. Um, And so I, I wanted to be a lot more careful. One of the first things that has been huge for me is finding a good gear strap for when you're in your tree. So you can hang all of your stuff and finding something to hang your bow on that's not either going to uh, hang on to your bow too much because, man, I've had it in that moment of truth. You go to lift your bow off the bow hanger and the thing makes a noise or it holds on to your bow a little more than you would like it to or you can't get your bow off of it in time. And I've gotten busted like that. So the first thing was a good gear strap. Um, There's a couple that are out there that are really good. I'm currently using the tethered uh, gear strap right now. It's like this long daisy chain of webbing that wraps around the tree. You can get it super tight down to there, and it's got this molly looping all the way around where you can hang as much as you want to on it. I've been looking yeah. real close lately, though, at the um, Latitude Outdoors. has a similar strap with a little bit more, um, I guess you'd say, function to it. There's a, a strap that comes down for your bag where you can lower and raise your backpack while you're using the strap and you don't have, you don't even have to take it off the strap. You can just raise and lower it with this little sliding buckle thing. Yep. yep. Uh, and then also a huge part of that is a hero clip that I'm using to hold my bow that has gone a, a long way. One of giving me a secure place to, um, to hang my bow, but also it doesn't hold on to it too much. So I can just lift my bow right off of it. It likes to let go real easy and, yeah. uh, you know, super, super functional from that perspective. And, I also try to keep a couple of those little screw-in hooks in my pack. One, because I'm going to leave one every single time I leave the tree just because right. I, f- I forget it every time. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I-, I like to have a couple of them because you never know when you need an extra an extra hand. Yeah. I, I don't have any experience on the gear strap. I, I, you know what? I think I might actually have one in my pile of unopened gear in front of me. But... um I'm more of a screw-in guy, I, I and I don't hunt uh, as much private as you do, so I don't need to really worry about that. I can screw in something to the tree if I need to. Sure. But I really love the stability that a screw-in uh, step, like uh, whether not a step, but sometimes I use a screw-in step to hang my backpack on, or you know, most of them are just the little the little screw-in hooks, or um, I only have a couple of them. I, bought, I think I bought three at one point, but they're, I don't know, it's a real tree brand, but it's uh, a folding bow hanger with some other little under hooks underneath of it that you can hang like a grunt tube or your rattling antlers or, or things like that or, or anything underneath of it. And then your bow kind of sticks out from the tree, maybe two foot or something like that, you know, yep. a foot and a half, two foot. And then you can take it out, fold it down and, and take it with you the next time. But and and that one is fairly high quality. That particular uh, that that bow holder is high quality. And the the what I mean by high quality is the ease of screwing it into the tree. There are some brands of screw in steps and screw in uh, hooks and bow holders that I mean I, I don't know if you've been in this situation, but you're putting all of your body weight to try to get it started. And instead of screwing in, it almost acts like a drill and it's just moving the, the tree out 
and the and then it just it's it's hard to get started. And so one thing that I've learned throughout the years is to pay like I'm paying more money on higher quality screw in steps because I want that that steel or whatever the the product is made out of to really catch and grab the tree. And usually those products are a little bit more expensive than this, the, the, I mean, and and you can tell because I have a, a whole drawer full of bent screw in, uh, bow holders that I have pushed and they've bent and they're just weak. And then there's another brand, man, I don't even know what it's called. Can't see it right now, but I've purchased, uh, I started, uh, purchasing some different screw in steps. Um, I think it's a hunting made easy brand potentially. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but those catch right away and it just boom screw them in and even in hardwood trees it's it's uh, much easier and so i don't need to really worry about that anymore and so i'm under the i'm under the uh impression that in in the accessory game like that price reflects quality and nobody in the dark or whether you're in the dark or you're, you know, it's hot out. Nobody wants to sit there and be forcing a screw-in step in and just wishing it would go and you're starting to sweat and you got to put all your body weight behind it while you're in a tree stand and it just sucks. So I've learned to, if I'm going to be spending money on something, I'm, I'm definitely spending money on on those those three particular products. Yeah, man, the the sharpness of that tip is is huge when you're, when you're looking huge. at that. I mean, it's... You, you can't overestimate it. And like you said, you know, when you get into some of those hardwood trees or something, it's like, dude, this thing's never going in. Now, right. that, that brand that you mentioned, are they the ones that make the little turkey foot too? It's like, it looks almost like a traditional screw in, but it's got a main hook that comes out a little bit longer, maybe eight two, inches, yeah. and then two off to the side. Do they make that one? I don't know if they make that one or not. I, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't be surprised if they do, but... My experience with those is junk, that they're junk. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So I've I've always had a hard time screwing that particular style into the tree. Um, maybe it not necessarily that design, but whoever or however they're made is a lower quality. And so it's harder to get it into the tree. And so... I just don't screw around with them. I keep it simple. I keep the regular bow hooks. Um, if I'm not using an actual bow hanger that folds, uh, those some of those real tree ones, um, I'm using another little. I mean, just a, an inch and a half, or it's, it's, I think it's like two inches, two and a half inches hook, and then just hanging my bow right from that, and I, I don't have any issues with it. Yeah, man, you should give a um, you should give a gear strap a try this year. You know, get, okay. give one of those a shot. They're they're really really handy and even if you're not on you know public where you have to use one it it can save you a lot of that time you know trying to mess around with with a gear hook especially if you're hanging multiple are you using just one or do you use multiple on the tree to hang like your pack off one and your bow off another so let's say i put my platform on for my saddle or my tree stand i have one hook at the base of that it's where i or where i would sit now, see, this is where it gets tricky because I'm going to start saddle hunting this year. And if I need to reach into my pack for something, I, I need to, like, I could sit down on my tree stand and reach into it. But if I'm on a saddle, then I have to have it up further. And I don't want it to get into the way of my shop 
you know, my shot yep. potentially. Yep. So I'm going to still have to have it maybe on the backside of the tree or, you know, somewhere where I am, uh, it's, it's out of the way. And so that strap sounds like a great idea, uh, for the saddle game, but for the tree stand game where I can just like reach behind me or off to the side a little bit. And it wouldn't yeah. be in my, in my shooting, you know, shooting weight. Long story short, I, I use two. I use one for my pack and one for my bow. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yep. And so usually my grunt tube hangs off the bow one or it's in my pocket if I ever use it or my rattling antlers. If I bring those, those are down by my pack because I'm using those less. So that's how, that's kind of how I, I hang those. Um, does when you hang your strap, that utility strap, is that like waist level? Is it up above your head? Where is it at? Yeah. So because I'm saddle hunting, I hang it up above my tether. Okay. Right. So I just make sure that it's high enough to be above my tether, basically where you would want your bow hook at. Because my okay. my bow hook clips right into the strap and I hang my bow directly off of that. And then it's got a tail that comes down. And I hook the the pack that I'm using on that tail that sort of flows, you know, the 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 extra mm. end, I hang that. So I can adjust it. I can move it up or down. Um, you know, clip it into whatever loop coincides with where I want it. Sometimes I want it a little bit lower so it's out of the way. And there are other times, like the other day I was hunting, and there was just a solid wall of brush to my to my right. I wasn't taking yeah. a shot that direction anyway, so I put my right. bag way up high where it was just easier for access. I got you. Okay. And then um, and then, so your, do you, your bag is at the bottom of that tail. Yeah, I, I try to keep it about waist level. Okay. You know the the, right. op- the actual opening. So whatever that looks like, you know, maybe it's maybe it's chest level where the actual strap is where the bag is hooked to the strap with the top loop on my pack. Um gotcha. but, and that way I can I can access it easier. Gotcha, man. I I've, I've had to learn the hard way uh, uh several years ago. I used to have my back, my pack while I'm standing on my tree stand about waist level. But I had one instance where a deer came real close to the tree stand and I messed, I missed an opportunity to shoot him because that pack got in the way. And so, and so since then, I mean, this was like seven years ago. Um, it's all been at the base. So it's just, it's not in the way at all. So, um, that's, that's, I don't know. That just kind of, uh, is one of those things that I I'm kind of picky about or anal about when it comes to where I'm hanging stuff in the tree and, I mean, I've been doing this for so long. It's the same spot every, every time. But now that I'm, you know, adding saddle hunting into the regimen, it's going to, it's going to be a learning curve as well. And I'll, I'll find out more, you know, Friday or Thursday and Friday of this week when I go out and use it for, you know, actually hunt out of it for the first time. Yeah. Are you, are you full on committing for those days to the saddle or are you going to kind of say whatever works best for the tree? So you know, after talking with the guys at Tethered, um, you know, they understand that their saddle is a tool, just like a tree stand is a tool. And so when it comes to mobile, I definitely, being mobile, I definitely see the benefit of a saddle. But in some of these, uh, places where i have really good uh, like really good rut spots that are really good uh, uh travel corridors or or uh really good uh, bedding areas or things like that where i know 
I just leave my tree stand up there anyway. I'll use that as a tool, right? So basically what I'm getting at is um, the, the conditions, where I hunt, when I hunt is going to determine what method I use. And it's so the saddle, I'm going to use it this weekend, but it's going to, uh, the situ- it's going to be situational, right? So it's going to, I'm, it's going to, Hey, maybe, uh, maybe tonight's a saddle, maybe tonight's a tree stand. And so I'm not going to commit to using one or the other. I'm going to say to myself, this, this scenario calls for this tool. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Keep it open. Yeah. Because it's a tool. I mean, I mean, it's just like, uh, I don't want to force anything. I want to be comfortable with a shot. If I have the opportunity to sit down and relax in a tree stand and do that, or I'm going to hang from a, you know, not saying that, uh, uh, saddles are uncomfortable or anything like that, but just, you know, sitting in, in, uh, hanging from a tree or, 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 two completely different things. And it's something I have to get used to. So I don't want to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going all in on saddle hunting this year. I'm not going to yep. do that because it would be, it would be a little bit ridiculous, I think. So, yep. um, sure. so other accessories, like let's talk about, I don't know, what's another, a bow rope, for example, in the past I have used just basically like, um, uh, paracord, I guess you would call it, uh, a paracord rope. And, and you can get that fairly cheap at certain stores, but recently I've kind of done the, you know, and I never used to tie any type of hook to it or a clip to it. I would just make a, a little knot and then I'd pull it up and then I'd undo the knot and then hang the bow rope off to the side. This year I went in and I bought official bow rope stuff not because it works better but i just love the fact that there is a clip attached on one side of the rope and it makes clipping it to your bow much easier and so i i just went with i went with that again i think it's another hunting made easy type of product i'm looking at it right now i just can't see the logo or the brand name yeah, is the is the rope any different than paracord? Or like, is it a little bit thicker? No, it's. I mean, it's probably the same thing. And to be honest with you, uh, I'm probably paying a premium on it because it's a hunting brand product. And so, um, I'm sure if I wanted to take the time to go buy, go to a hardware store, buy a hook, tie it up real tight with a really good knot, I could do that as well. But I just went for ease this time and just bought the the bow rope and and then what i do i don't know about you but do you hang your bow rope from your your platform or do you hang it from closer to the tree yeah so i actually because so when i made the switch for saddle hunting i kind of went all in um yeah you know i i left the tree stand behind just because the tree stands that i had at the time were heavy and bulky Yep. And so yep. I, I knew I wanted to make the jump totally. So I actually hang the, the, the bow rope, the pull-up rope is attached to my saddle on the way up. Okay. Does that make sense? So okay. I'm, I'm actually climbing yep. with it clipped on to my saddle kind of behind me. That way it's out of the way for the climb. And then once I get up there, I can reach around and, and unclip it from my saddle. Okay. So your whole bow is attached to your saddle. 
as you make it up or your bow rope is attached yeah to the, your the bow rope is attached and okay. i leave my bow i lay my bow kind of on the ground on a you know a jacket or a pack or whatever else i've left on the ground as well to make the yeah. climb gotcha okay and then so then when you after you unclip it you pull your your bow up then do you just like wad up the bow rope and put it in a pocket or something you know i did that for a long time and about a year and a half maybe two years ago i committed to like as soon as i get in the tree and i pull everything up and we're good to go i'm going to wind that thing up in a way where it's not going to tangle because i got sick and tired of you know trying to get out of a tree or trying to get into a tree from you know from a previous hunt and and finding this thing just in a wad all matted and tangled up right uh, if that makes sense so what i do is i loop yeah. it over my thumb and my pinky and then i just kind of figure eight it between the two yep uh to keep it kind of compact and then wrap the the last little bit of it around it tie it down cinch it real nice that way it's ready to go uh next time i am gotcha <laughs> Here's an embarrassing story. Um, I went on a morning hunt one time, clipped in my clipped my bow my bow rope to my bow on one of the cams, and then I set it in the tree, and then I sat down and clipped in. You know, I clipped in my safety harness, and then and then I said to myself, you know what, I feel like shooting a doe today, and so a doe group came through. Oh, they're in a shooting lane. I grabbed the I grabbed the the bow, I drew back, and I heard a clink, but nothing, you know, I just thought it was something else. And my bow rope was still attached to the cam. Oh, of, no. Uh, and so my dumbass fired it, shanked the shot completely, didn't hit a deer, but and, and luckily the bow was okay. And uh, and so I was like, oh my God, I, like that could have, that could have, if, if that was a big buck or something like that, I, I don't, I probably would have just jumped straight out of the tree. Dude, not to mention if that rope or that, that little metal clip would have gotten wrapped up in your bowstring as your cams, you know, rolled yep. over, dude, that could have been freaking yep. real bad. It could have been gnarly. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, <laughs> so I've had to, I always like make it a point to make sure I'm, I'm like, I just take these extra little steps to make sure that okay, I'm I'm clipped in, and then I draw back and make sure everything's you know the it, right. So when the moment of truth comes, I'm I'm ready for it. Yeah, for sure, man. One one last thing on the bow rope thing. Yeah. A couple of years ago, I switched over from the the paracord to a little bit of a thicker rope. Now it's a little bit yep. more bulky. It's a little bit more material to have to deal with but it doesn't yep. tangle nearly as bad. And when I'm pulling up, you know, camera gear and stuff that gets pretty heavy, it doesn't feel like it's going to cut my fingers off while I'm pulling the stuff up the tree. Okay. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point. Uh, because I think we've all kind of been there where you're pulling something up a tree or you're sliding your bow down and maybe you don't have gloves on oh. and, and you get the, the rope burns yeah. on the creases of your finger. Yeah. I've, I've been there before. I've been there before. Uh, and those are that's funny that you brought that up. So, all right, next. Uh, any other any other accessories outside of the bow rope or bow like screw in uh, hooks that uh, you think are a positive or a negative? Yeah, man. I th- I think, and I I don't know if this is kind of like in the vein of accessories you're talking about, but two things that that go with me most of the time. One is a is a headlamp. 
right? Like yep. a good quality headlamp that's adjustable. Uh, and the second is my thermocell. I mean, hunting in the South, yeah. like I really, really don't like swatting mosquitoes the whole time I'm in a stand. Yeah. Yeah. Thermocell is a great one. I've never bought one. And uh, the reason being, I don't hunt the South and I don't necessarily hunt a lot of mid, like early October timeframe where they're where they're at. And, and this year it's really dry. So there's not a lot of mosquitoes anyway. Um, but I have hunted a, a couple times in, in this early October timeframe where man, I just got destroyed. And so I definitely see the benefit of it. Uh, but I just, I, I don't hunt, you know, usually it frosts by now yeah. or by mid October. And therefore I have all these, you know, I, I don't need to worry about it anymore, but I, I can definitely see the the use for someone in the south or in a very wet conditions the the benefits of a, uh, a thermocell. Now headlamps. This is another product where I used to at the beginning of the season go buy a three dollar headlamp from Walmart, and every year there'd be some issues with it. A clip would break on it. I would the elastic would get stretched out, and so. It was at the beginning of last year, I believe, I upgraded to, I think, are they a black diamond? Yep, that's or what I a, use. Yep. Yeah, black diamond. So it's a hardcore. I mean, it was like 70 bucks or something like that, maybe even a little more. And it it's really good. It burns through batteries a little bit faster than a normal headlamp, but it's just, it's it's rock solid. It can take a beating. It's high, again, high quality material. And then I put lithium batteries in it and uh, I can get, I can get a lot of usage out of it. Yeah, man. I, I swapped over to those as well. I used to go buy the same thing, just as, as cheap of a headlamp as I can. And then right. I find myself, you know, holding the headlamp because the elastic is stretched out so bad. Exactly. I can't use it anymore. <laughs> and it's like, why right. am I even bothering with a headlamp at this point? It's just a, a tiny flashlight that I carry in. Right, but, but or I, I, grabbed I, a, I grabbed a black diamond, and and it's really good, and it's got the red light, it's got the green light, it's light. got adjustable yep. white light, it's really good. Yep, uh, or the or some of the uh, the times before where I didn't even like ha- I didn't even use. I don't know if you can remember the the days uh, back you know back in the day where when you were just starting hunting, I didn't even use a headlamp. I was using like little flashlights uh and and using flashlights <laughs> or at the the dawn of having lights on your cell cams or uh, excuse me on your cell phones i would be using my cell phone to walk out of the the woods so it what it, it's actually been quite recently that i've even started using headlamps like head based lights so it's uh oh shit one year uh i at a garage sale <laughs> i bought or it was at the end of a garage sale and this guy was trying to get rid of a whole bunch of stuff. And his wife was like, is there anything here you want? I'm like, no, I don't think so. What's this? And it was a coon hunting light. So it was gigantic. It had a big old battery pack belt. And then it had like a holding spotlight, um, that you could put on a handle or on, on like a hard hat type scenario. And I wore that uh, for half a season and it was, <laughs> it, it was, it was too bright. 
Like I was lighting up the entire woods walking into the, into the stand and, and it was just, it was overkill, but, um, I shot a deer, I shot a doe and I put that on and it was tracking it. And it was, it was easy to find her with that. But at that time it was so bright that when you, even when you look down at the ground, the light just washes everything out. It was so oh, yeah. bright. Yep. Yep. Yeah. For sure. And sure. it and it was and it was like ten pounds with all the the big the big batteries that were around the the waist belt. It was oh, it was yeah. it was it was ridiculous. Like people were making fun of me for wearing it. <laughs> I, I I can't see why, Dan. I don't exactly. know why. I, I don't understand that. I don't know why people would be making fun of you for it. Back in the day when I didn't make good decisions. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, all right. man. So uh, I don't know why this popped into my head. Are are you a hand warmer guy or do you, do you wear the, the sticky, um, hand warming type, uh, I don't know, the hand warmer, foot warmer, body warmer, you know, you, you open the package, you ruffle them up and shake them in your hands and then they, they start to heat up. Do you use those things? Man? Yes, I I do, but I don't use the hand warmers or the foot warmers. So I use the ones that you stick like on your, like your lower back. Or something I like gotcha. that, or you stick them on the outside of your base layer to kind of add a little bit. But I'm yep. I'm weird, man. If I put if I put any kind of warmer in my gloves or in my little you know kangaroo pouch out in front of me or something like that, my hands just start sweating like crazy. And yeah. and I don't really I don't really get cold hands, but the I, I will personally get cold. So I love yeah. having those little stick on packs that are underneath underneath your your outer layers, but you know stuck to the outside of your of your base layers. Um, right. You don't want to stick those things straight to your skin. You, it right. does not turn out well. No, no. Yeah, man. I'll tell you this. I don't like to wear gloves. Like I, I will wear gloves while I'm walking to the stand and setting up my, my tree stand. But once I'm in the tree, I don't like to wear gloves. Yeah. And so I'll take them off and put them in my pocket. And so I always carry a couple hand warmers in my pocket. And then I will, you know, the moment of truth comes. I just like, I don't like the layer of fabric between my trigger finger and my, you know, for my release and my skin. So I like that sense like to know that sensitivity. And so I, I don't usually use, um, use gloves. So I'll have the hand warmers in my pocket. I used to be the guy who put, uh, boot warmers in the boots you know, the rubber boots guy since then I've graduated to, and I, I, I did, I just, I don't say this. I, I feel like I say it all the time, but I can't emphasize enough how awesome Arctic shield boot covers are. I'll, oh, I yeah. will use, I will use my hiking boots. Like I use when I go out West, put a good, you know, pair of wool socks on. And then right when I get into the tree, I'll throw these boot covers on and they have been a game changer for me, uh, for staying warm. And for me and my body type, my feet control me. So if my feet get cold, then I'm done and I'm getting out of the yep. tree. And so, um, these, these boot covers have changed the game for me and have allowed me to be more comfortable and spend more time in the tree. And so I am, that's what I use now. And, and so, uh, like you, if it gets down to this zero degrees, this like teens or whatever, uh, let's say it was 2000 and I'm trying to think 2019, maybe it was, 
I had a, it was a very cold rut. There was a week there where it was like high of 11 lows of negative 20 in the morning. And so, yeah, it was, it was horrible. So I was like Christmas story kid, just layered up (laughs) as much as possible. And I had those stick them, uh, body warmers all over the boot warmers saved my life. The hand warmers. Then I was wearing gloves. I like the mask over and it just was so cold. You're just hugging the tree, right? You're just face right into it. Who knows if things are, are moving by you or not. You're just, you're not even thinking about hunting. You're just thinking about staying warm. And so, um, those, you know, have replaced since replaced big socks and rubber boots, man. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And, what was the? I mean, I know this is the hunting gear podcast. What what was the deer movement like when it was that cold? Like, were the were the deer up and at them still? Like like you would expect for the rut, or was it like, holy crap, nobody wants to do anything right now because it's so cold? No, man, it was it was good. I mean, I was they a snow like snow came through, and the temperature dropped a ton, and so the deer were actually moving really well. I was just chasing one particular buck for the most part that year. And then I hunted for 14 days in a row and seven of them or seven of them were like high of 11 or 10 for the day. And it just beat the, it just beat the piss out of me. And finally, um, a good four-year-old came through on the 12th of October. I believe it was, it was either the 12th or the 14th. I can't remember when I started and I, I smoked him and, and, uh, that was the end of that dude. Anything to get out of that weather. Oh (laughs) man. It was like, I was, I was changing, I was changing my, uh, the caliber of deer I wanted to shoot. I mean, it was brutal. It was not fun, especially when you get, when once, have you ever been in the cold where you're so cold that it hurts to warm up? Like, like when you, when you go to put your feet under the heat in the truck or when you get home and you're actually in like 70, you know, like the high sixties or whatever you keep your thermostat at. And it was, it, it hurt my toes and fingers to warm up. And so that tells you like, you're getting pretty, you're getting dangerously cold at that point. Yeah. That's not fun. That is not fun. Meanwhile, guys up in Canada are laughing at me because they're, they're doing that every year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. They're like, oh, you mean a normal November? Yeah. You mean Tuesday for us? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, that's good. I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to think of any other accessories that really stand out to me at this point. I, I, I think these are a lot of products that, you know, other than the, the, the boot covers, like the screw in steps, that's often, they're really overlooked. And usually what I'll do is, um, I bought a whole bunch of them last year. I'll probably go back for a second trip once i get into the the stage of uh like once it starts to get close to prime time and hunting i usually make a trip to the the store and i just buy like three or four packs of screwing steps a couple bow ropes and uh call it good for for until next year yeah now have you ever used um those retractable hoists for like a bow pull-up rope have you seen those so almost like a a dog leash on a yes. spring, yes, a coil they, there. They look a lot like that. Yep. Yeah. No, I've never I've never done that. Okay. I haven't used one either, but I'm looking at them pretty hard, man. I mean, they're like right. they're like twenty five or thirty bucks. So it's it's not a ninety nine cent 
you know, pull-up rope you're going to grab right. from the store or whatever. But, I mean, it could save some time. You know, I can see where it would save you some time, save you some hassle of, like, unraveling your bowstring again. But I'm right. just not quite sure that it's worth it. Um, for, financially. Yeah, financially. Yeah. And then and then you got this big dog leash thing you got to carry around with you. Yeah, yeah. And that's one thing, like, some guys self-film. I don't do that. Uh, I But I do carry an Ozonix with me. Right. So I carry an ozone generator out into the woods with me. I'm, I'm a huge fan of ozone. And so I like I don't need to carry any more shit into the woods with me. Like I, <laughs> I, I feel like right now the hunting I mean, the way the hunting industry is going, there's so much stuff that people bring into the woods with them anyway that that's the last thing I need is, is more weight or more, just more things, right? I got to make, I got to have my trail mix. I got to have my baby carrots for long sits. And so I got to make room for those. And so uh, like a, a bow rope in a hard case like that probably wouldn't make the cut. You're a baby carrots guy. Oh dude. I love, I'll eat, I'll eat a pound of baby carrots a sit. I remember one rut I went through, in probably a, probably a ten day period, seven pounds worth of carrots. Holy crap! Yeah, seven pounds. Do you just turn orange, or like what? What happens when you no. eat that many carrots, man? Dude, it, so here's here's the thing. I'm in the tree, get hungry, or get uh um, get hungry, or get uh, I don't know, like bored. I start to munch, and so I found that it's better to munch uh, munch on baby carrots than it is Snickers bars or those little mini candy bars or, or things like that. So, uh, I don't know. That's more of a healthy, healthy, healthy decision. Yeah, for sure. Well, and you don't get those sugar those sugar spikes and the ups and downs, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly, exactly. And you don't feel like garbage, you know, and yeah. uh, all that stuff. So makes well, I tell you what, man, pizza a little easier to handle on the way home. <laughs> exactly. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You can justify it at that That's point. That's right. Well, I tell you what, Josh, man. Uh, again, really appreciate you taking time out of your day to hop on and uh, BS with us about some uh, ex- uh, hunting accessories. Good luck, man. Hopefully the rest of uh, October treats you well. Yeah, good luck to you as well, brother. 